Coming up on Something is About to Happen. My friend, I'm no longer in Adam. When Christ died on the cross, he took my identity in Adam and nailed Adam's identity to the cross for as many as would believe. So therefore, I am not under stress, anxiety, or toil. If you are toiling, you are laboring under Adam and you operate under what we call reward. I don't do reward. My own is promise. You're not meant to sweat and toil to get bread. Bread is meant to identify and say, that is my owner. Money cometh, power cometh, grace cometh, faith cometh, husbands, wife cometh, children cometh. Romans 4 verse 13 and he said there for the promise how many of you know from things we've taught previously that God is not a man that he should lie that if he tried to tell a lie the integrity of God will release from the treasure of his power a defense for everything that he has said so that not one of his words will fall to the ground his power will go immediately into operation to bring to pass what seemed like a lie so that it becomes true. That's why he's able to call those things that are not as though they are and because of his power, they become what he said. So what is God's promise to Abraham? Promise is simple. That Abraham would be ear of the world. Ear of the world. The cosmos in the Greek. But it's not only for Abraham, it is also for Abraham's seed, that promise. So it begs the question, who is Abraham's seed? Primarily, Jesus Christ is Abraham's seed. However, biologically and initially, Isaac and his descendants are that seed. From whence we get Jacob, the nation of Israel, they are his biological seed. But primarily his seed is Jesus Christ. We know that from Galatians 3 and verse 29. And if you be Christ, says because of that apostrophe, if you belong to Christ, if you are Christ's, if you are owned by him, then you are Abraham's seed. That means this verse 13 of Romans 4 applies to your neighbor, not you. It applies to you. So you call your name and say, I am the seed of Abraham and an ear, an inheritor of the promise. What promise? To be ear of the world. So since you are Christ's, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What is the promise? The answer is to inherit the cosmos as a son inherits his father. Not by merit, nor by works of merit. And verse 13 of Romans 4 is clear to say that. So it doesn't matter whether he's a good son or a bad son. It doesn't matter whether he's a careless son or a careful son. A son is a son. Now, as long as the son is a son, 
The only thing is that a negative paternity test can exclude him. But if the father has included him anyway, paternity test or not, he is adopted. We'll deal with that too. He has access to the inheritance. Why? Because he's positioned as a son. It's never anything you do. This is not air apparent. This is air. Go with me to Hebrews 9, verse 16 and 17. And in the King James, it says, For where a testament is, that's a will, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. He died. Yeah. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator lives. Watch out, believer. The divine blessing of the inheritance is going to manifest profoundly and profusely in your life if you only believe. You are going to notice, if you keep coming and keep hearing and hearing, you're going to notice the manifestation of all the blessings of Abraham progressively in your life. And in the process of the progress, your being will begin to go through transformation so that you can handle the weight of the glory of the inheritance. That's why a child cannot operate the inheritance because it's too much for them to handle. You will grow supernaturally. In fact, you are full grown in Christ already. Hallelujah. So how do we inherit? Effortlessly. You inherit effortlessly. You see, under the Adamic curse, Adam was told by God because of his failing that from that point forward, uh, it would only be by sweat, stress, and toil that his attendance to the ground and its seed and its produce would be fruitful only by sweat, toil, and stress. My friend, I'm no longer in Adam. When Christ died on the cross, he took my identity in Adam and nailed Adam's identity to the cross for as many as would believe. So therefore, I am not under stress, anxiety, or toil. If you are toiling, you are laboring under Adam and you operate under what we call reward. I don't do reward. My own is promise. You're not meant to sweat and toil to get bread. Bread is meant to identify and say, that is my owner. Money cometh. Power cometh. Grace cometh. Faith cometh. Wisdom cometh. Wealth cometh. Wives, husband cometh. Husbands, wife cometh. Children cometh. Because when you are an heir, it's not the sweat of your brow nor the toil of your labor because you are no longer under law. You are no longer in Adam. You are an ear. You are a son. And because you are a son, you are now in Christ and an ear with Christ. So we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Christ could not download his inheritance until we got it with him. He signed and it is a revocable document as long as I don't sign. So when he got the inheritance, I got it with him. I can have it and not know. So if, when my father's will was being read, if one of my siblings was not there, how many of you know that they would have something they didn't know about unless somebody tells them? So it's not by your obedience. It's through what? The righteousness of faith. 
Please understand that there's another righteousness called the righteousness of the law. It's not by the righteousness of the law. When you believe you deserve it, you're operating under the law. And so you're doing all these things to get it right. And yet you're so bitter with others that the bitterness is the main thing God wants to deal with. So what is the righteousness of faith? Let's go to Romans 4 and verse 1. Romans 4 and verse 1. What shall we say then? That Abraham, our father, as pertains to the flesh, has found. In other words, Abraham found something. What was it that Abraham found? What was it? What did he find? We need to know what he found. Why? Because if you find what Abraham found, you will possess what Abraham possessed. So, so in other words, to enjoy what Abraham enjoyed, you have to find what Abraham found. Let's go to verse 2 and find out what Abraham found. For if Abraham were made righteous by works of the law, that's what justified by works means, he has whereof to boast, to glory, but not in front of God. Hallelujah. Was Abraham justified by good works? Was, was Abraham justified by morality? If Abraham was justified by these things, then he would have something to boast about, but he doesn't. Genesis 22, we're going to start at verse 6. In verse 6, Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son and took the fire in his hand and the knife and they both went forth together. What does this show? The wood, that's the tree of Calvary. The fire, that was the fiery pain he suffered when they beat him like an animal, pierced his side and his hands and his feet with stakes in each of those places and the jagged thorn crown upon his head and the reed with which they banged it into his being and the nine-cap tail that they whipped him with several times. Under Jewish law, it would be 39. Under Roman law, it had no limits. So they probably beat him more because it wasn't the Jews beating him, it was the Romans. And he's carrying all that stuff just the same way Christ carried the wood. He gave them the power to put him under fire. They couldn't have done it if he didn't permit it. The knife, that's the stakes that would kill him. He made the iron and the handle. He made it all. The tree, he created it. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and he said, Dad. And Abraham said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Look, I see the fire. I see the wood. But where is the lamb? Listen carefully, I want you to focus and concentrate. Where is the lamb for the fiery offering? And Abraham said, my son, listen, read it carefully. God will provide for himself. No. God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. What that means in simple English, if you go to the Hebrew, it says exactly the same thing. God will provide himself not another, himself, as the lamb for the offering. So even though you don't see the lamb, because I cannot provide it, I am a man. What will justify me and your generations, Isaac, I cannot provide it. God himself will provide himself as the lamb. Oh God. And you tell me you will carry sickness in your body. It's not possible. Once you have righteousness, you have it all. Hallelujah. Can we go further? So, 
Just like Jesus and the Father went together, Abraham and Isaac went together. Then all of a sudden, Christ is no longer calling God Father. He stops for the first time in their entire eternal history. And he says, my God, under the battery and the beating of the judgment on Adam, my God, not my father, he takes a knife and he's going to kill me. As his son, his only son, he did not respect Ishmael as a son. That's why even after Ishmael was a lad, he said, take now thy only son and sacrifice him. Why? Because Ishmael was Abraham's son, not Abraham's son. You get it? He was the son of flesh. Abraham had transitioned and now he was in Christ. He had heard the gospel and he was now in Christ. So he was a changed man. No longer Abraham who had Ishmael. He was now Abraham coming into Christ. And now this is his only son. You get it? So he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's what Isaac must have felt like when he saw the dagger in the downward blow. But daddy, you said you will provide yourself. You said that God said he will provide himself a lamb. Abraham stopped and he didn't complete the downward blow. And God said, hold it. I was only testing, testing, testing. Let's read the account. Let's read the account. Verse 9. And they came to the place which God had told him of, of, and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. You don't hear of Isaac complaining. Just like Jesus was a lamb led to the slaughter, he opened not his mouth. And... Verse 11, and the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that you believe me, that I'll give you back your son. You had already killed him in your mind. It was already done. And in that I tested you and you passed the test. You believed me. So it wasn't obedience it was faith. You believe me. I know that you revere me, you regard me. That's what fear there means. Seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted his eyes, verse 13, and looked. And behold, behind him, behind is deliberate. He's the Lamb of God slain from before the foundation of the world. The provision of Christ anticipated all the load of your sin. And even if the estimate in monetary terms was $5,000 billion worth of sin, he, from behind, he foreknew it. Because God was willing to accept that ram as sufficient for Abraham's offering. He saw the ram caught in the thicket by his horns, and Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the place instead of his son, Joshua is an old man and in his old years stricken with age God comes to Joshua and says to him there's still plenty of land to possess yet 
God had already given them the land, but he expected them to possess it. The first item of land that they possessed, did they possess it by going to war? No. He said, walk around it one time every day, and on the last day, seven times, and then blow the trumpet and let them shout. That was an act of faith. They didn't take it by weapons of war. They inherited Jericho by faith. It's one thing to have an inheritance. It's another thing to inherit that inheritance. And what is the difference? It is in Zion. The difference between inheriting and fighting is simply this. To inherit is not a matter of merit. It's about sonship. And the word son in Hebrew, that is mature, full-grown son, heir son, is huyos, H-U-I-O-S. And huyos is always connected to heirship, inheritorship. It's about correct believing. So what is an heir? An heir in the Greek is one who receives an allotted possession by right through sonship. You get it by believing in your position. So when Jesus Christ rose from the dead, he made the Israelites who were under the law, the Jews, he made them huyos. So Jesus came to make everyone who believes in him, whether Jew or Greek. That's why in Romans 1.16, Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation for whosoever believeth, whether Jew or Greek. So the moment you are a believer, you are fully fledged a son in God's eyes, full grown son in God's eyes. Inheritance is what the message of God's grace is all about. Hallelujah. That's what it's all about. And, and in the inheritance of the world, you're going to need health and wealth. Because to govern or to operate the world, you're going to have to have health. And included in your inheritance is guaranteed health. Included in your inheritance is guaranteed wealth. But do you have the vision of what you have? It's yours. Why? Why? When you are ear of the whole world, why? Does health and religion fight the message of grace? You know why? Because the power to believe to be the heirs of the world is not through law and works. It is a free gift. It's a free gift that you access by faith and not by works. And once you access that free gift, you get what we call righteousness by faith. And once you have righteousness by faith, which you cannot get through the law. You have everything in the inheritance. Please hear me. Uncle Sam, hear this. Burn it into your heart and your mind that you are the righteousness of God by faith. So if I feel sick, I don't try to get healed because by the righteousness of God through faith, I am healed, not will be. In fact, I was healed. I just proclaim that I am the righteousness of God by faith. If I feel broke, I don't try to get rich. I don't try. I don't try. I just call myself the righteousness of God by faith from my heart where I believe and from my mouth where profession is made. And guess what? That's who I am. I'm an heir. I don't, I already have the means. Is Jesus broke? Is my father in heaven broke? Is anybody in heaven broke? In other words, what I'm saying to you is, just make sure that you are righteousness conscious. 
You must have righteousness, consciousness, as much of your time as possible to become part of how you think. So if you have Christ, start walking in the consciousness that you have him. Hallelujah. And guess what? In that righteousness, consciousness, healing is there. Healing is accessed by that consciousness. Sufficiency is there. Your airship is there. Matthew 6 verse 33. says, seek ye first, what? The kingdom of God, not the kingdom of heaven. That is a location. We are there too. But the kingdom of God is expansive. It's beyond heaven. And don't just seek the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Also seek our righteousness. Also seek righteousness. No. His type of righteousness. And what? All these things will be, if you fight for them, they'll be added to you. No. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In other words, Abraham, seek the king. Boso, seek the king. Tony, seek the king. Tolu, seek the king. And once you seek the kingdom of God and you want him to reign in Lagos, in Nigeria, in Aso Rock, in Zamfara, in Shokoto, in Borno, um, once you seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, not works, his righteousness, which is a free gift. Moses' righteousness was works. Seek that righteousness, what happens? You don't have to fight for anything. Your faith will bring it to you. Yes, you have to take it. If I give you something, there's an action you take. Faith has works. And you take what is yours. On Mount Zion, there will be deliverance. And there shall be holiness. And my people shall possess their possession. It's yours to take. It's yours. Now, what is that inheritance? So that we are clear on it. Because I'm not talking about a car. I'm not even talking about the factory that made the car. I'm not talking about the man who owns the factory. Give me Romans 4.13 again. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. So what is the promise? Heir to the world. Maybe you're aiming too low. Like I said, some of you who hear it and get it, God's going to give you faith upon faith upon faith, grace upon grace upon grace, wisdom upon wisdom upon wisdom. Why? Because it's all, all those treasures are in Christ. And it will grow in you. And with that, God is going to say, hey, here's the world. Can you take it? Can you take it? You know, he can walk past 20. Only those who have faith for what is written in the scriptures will take it. You see, I've walked past all of you. Nobody took it. You see, you, you, do you get it? He, he's given you the world. You're waiting for him to give it to you when Christ comes again. No, it's already yours. That means you have the grace through faith to take your business, your life, your roles, your gifts to the world. Because Abraham's seed is gifted with the coat of many colors. He can minister and serve and be a blessing to all types, all ethnicities, all genders, all everything. Even though there are 55 genders, he can be a blessing to all. Do you get it? 
You know, when you really have the blessing and you know you have it, you don't fight your enemies. When you start fighting your enemies, you're slipping under the law. Let God take care of your enemies. He's not a man to lie. That's why the series before this was the God who cannot lie. The series now is rooted in Christ. Where is Christ rooted? In Abraham's promised blessing from the Father. And what's going to happen is, and this is where I, I lay my nail. Your mom and dad are going to look at you and they're going to be shocked. That is this what we were carrying? When, when we copulated that night, is this who we birthed? Maybe that's why there's been some delay. Because with Abraham's seed, there are deliberate delays sometimes. And God is very intentional about that sometimes. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. So, you are the unexpected ears of all.